We are right now in the series called The Kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but when I imagine a kingdom, I imagine horses, villains, heroes, heroines, blood, death, battle, war, as gory. And it's interesting because as what Jesus talked about the most when he was on earth, he talked about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, Dallas Willard describes as where the realm of God's effective rule. It's where what God wants done gets done. And we've had a number of amazing messages from Joel and Katie about what the kingdom is and who's it's for and how do we get into it. But Jesus said, the kingdom is here, it's close, and it's available. He used a few different ways to describe it. He said it's a mustard seed. It's, it's incredibly small, but when it's planted in the ground, it turns into this huge plant that over, that's bigger than any other plants in the garden. And then the birds come and they build little nests and have a good time in that mustard plant. What is a mustard seed plant turn into? Anyway, a plant. Anyway, and it's also said it's a, it's a treasure in a field. It's like a treasure in a field. A farmer finds it, and then he buries it, and then he sells everything he has, and he comes back for it, and he buys the field. It's like a merchant searching for fine pearls, who in finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. The kingdom of God is God's effective rule. It's where what God wants done gets done. And the kingdom of God is for everyone and anyone, everywhere. It's for all of us, no matter what your status, no matter, no matter what your creed, no matter what your color, no matter what your credit card status, it's for everyone. And then when it comes to you, you're blessed. You're blessed, you're blessed, and you're blessed. You're blessed when it comes to you. How do we get into this kingdom? It's when we repent, when we change our way of thinking. And Joel said, we take a little swim. It's like we change our orientation, our way of thinking about how we're doing life, and we surrender and say, God, I want your will to be done in my life. And then we take a little swim, we get baptized. Because if we can't be obedient in that little swim, then we're unlikely to be obedient in anything else much bigger, like money or our time or how we live our lives. And so baptisms are happening next week, actually. If you haven't taken a little swim yet, then I'd encourage you to do so. My goal today is to make us uncomfortable. Thanks, Hayden. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, if you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable... I certainly don't recommend Christianity. Father God, we thank you that your kingdom is here and that it's available and that it's close. God, we invite you to come and speak through me. God, we invite you to come and speak to our hearts, to change us, to move us, to transform us, to help us 
catch a glimpse of what you're trying to do here on earth. God, would you, would you catalyze something in our hearts this morning that we would feel so on fire to see your kingdom truly come? Would your kingdom come? Would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Amen. In 2004, the kingdom came radically into my life. The kingdom of God came radically into my life. I was lost. I was broken. And my conscience was hurting. And God came radically into my life. Radically. Radically. It changed the way I began to talk. It changed the way I thought. It changed what I spent my money on. It changed the way... I interacted with people. It changed my relationships. It changed everything about my relationships. It changed everything about my life. The kingdom of God came and it was like a fresh water, a fresh breath of air into my soul. It, it, was, it was an incredible time in 2004. I remember going to a friend's wedding and uh, it was one of those weddings where they did a lot of celebrating. And uh, we got to that point in the evening where there had been a lot of celebrating and people were a little inebriated. And uh, I was with, with a group of my friends and they said, Hayden, come on, come on, let's, let's have some more. Let's have some more. And I'm like, I've had enough. And they said, just one more, just one more. I said, I'll take one more if tomorrow you come along to church with me. Okay. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. I had my one more for the Lord. <laughs> Next day comes around, and it's one of those weddings where it doesn't just happen on the Saturday night. It happens on the Sunday. And so Sunday afternoon, it is all going on. There's a lot of celebrating happening. The friends are having a great time. And I'm like, hey, gentlemen, yeah, it's time. What are you talking about? It's time we're going. We're going to church. We're going to church. And all of them but one said no. The tallest one, six foot six, giant of a man. He's like, yeah, well, uh, okay. If I have to, I said a promise is a promise. He's like, okay, I'm coming. He was a little inebriated, but that's okay. We arrived at the church and it was that time in the gathering when all the hands are up and everyone's singing at their loudest. It's a crescendo moment. And he walks in and he's like, what have I walked into here? They're crazy. We had a friend waiting for us up at the front row, seats for us. Come on, let's go. Oh, if I have to. <laughs> he's a giant of a man. He's, a, he's he head and shoulders above everyone else and he's in the front row. <laughs> and it's going off. And he, and he turns to me at one point and he says, if I see you lift your hands, Hayden, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> Fair to say, I kept my hands by my side. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting, like the music continued, and then he, he, he sort of stopped bending over. He started standing up straight, and then he, and he started to relax a little, and then, he sit, then the music finished, and then there was a message, and he began to relax and sit back in his chair, and he's like, oh, this is not so bad after all. And then, and then it finished, and, and then, there was, then there was some prayer, and, 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 then, and, then, he, and then he sat there, and he, and he just looked shocked. And I looked at him, I said, hey, hey, so what's going on for you? 
What's happened? He said, Hayden. He said, Hayden, I, I, I can only describe it like this. It's like, I've, it's like I've drunk a liter of purified water. That's Jesus. What I know is that Jesus is living water that you, 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 once you get it, you, 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 you never be thirsty again. That's Jesus. And he's like, well, I don't know if it's Jesus, but I just, that's what I know. It's like purified water. But it was interesting because in this moment, in, in, this, in, 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 this, in this interaction and realizing that the kingdom of God had come and it was coming to my friend. The kingdom of God wasn't just for me. I realized in this moment that it was coming for my friend. And it set me on fire to realize that the kingdom of God not only wanted to come into my life, the kingdom of God wanted to come through my life and touch other people's lives because the kingdom was available for them too. But it's interesting because over time, I've begun to become a little domesticated, a little safe, a little contained. And Joel said this scripture before. He said, Revelations 2, verse 4 to 5. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent, unless you change your way of thinking, unless you re-fall in love with me, you've fallen. And it's interesting because so much, I think, of living in this kingdom life is that we can forget or not see that the kingdom is available, not just for us, but the people around us and the people closest to us and the people part of every part of our lives. But it's interesting because in God's kingdom, it says that his kingdom is here, but it also is to come. That it's not just here now, available now, but there's actually a kingdom to come. Jesus came on a donkey, but he's also going to come again on a white horse. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> a what? Jesus came as a suffering servant. But he's going to come as king and lord. He came in humility and meekness to earth. But he will come in majesty and power. He came to suffer the wrath of God for sinners. But he's going to come back to establish the kingdom of God for his saints. He was rejected by many as the Messiah but he will be recognized when he comes again by all as Lord. He came to seek and save the lost when he was on earth, but he's going to come back to judge and rule as the king. He came as God incognito to earth, but he will come back as God in all of his splendor. His kingdom is here right now and it's available, but his kingdom is also to come. But I think one of the greatest problems and challenges we face right now is that if I was to say to you, to me, to us this morning, that His kingdom is coming in power and glory tomorrow, do you know what we would say? 
would probably say, if you could wait a little bit. Jesus, if your kingdom could just, it's great that it's coming, just not right now. Because my life right now is actually pretty good. I've got some plans, Jesus. I've got a long holiday coming up in in a beautiful Pacific island. Or perhaps, you know what? I've got some plans with my family that I want to see come to fruition. I want to have a family. I want to get married. I want to advance my career. I want to buy that house. I want to find that wonderful house that I can renovate. I have plans, Jesus. All good things. But if they're not secondary to His kingdom coming, then we have missed the point. If we are not about what Jesus is about, are we truly following Jesus? If we are not about His kingdom coming to earth, are we really about what Jesus is about? When Jesus was on earth, He said a lot of things. He did a lot of things. One of the things... He also said, was in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How much of our week, this past week, would you say that we spent on discipling? Disciples of Jesus disciple others. Followers of Jesus help others to follow Jesus. How much of our time in the last week was spent discipling others? It's convicting. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Mark 16 verse 15, he said to them, Go! into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. Luke 10 verse 3. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Who's up for that? (laughs) Really? A lamb? Wolves? This sounds dangerous. Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. He is with you wherever you go. In John 20 verse 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. In Matthew 4 verse 19, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you to fish for people. In Isaiah 6 verse 8, it says, Then I heard of the, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. I believe God is asking us that question today. Who shall I send? Who's going to go for me? And what I think we can misinterpret from some of these scriptures, we believe that we actually need to go to another foreign country, or we need to go on a mission, or we need to 
go and build a house in Africa. I don't know, like we, 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 can, we, can, we can sometimes misinterpret it to think I need to go somewhere other than where I currently am. But what I believe the scripture is saying is that wherever you are right now, God has you there for a purpose and He's got you there for a bigger purpose than just to do your work or to bring up your family or to do all these good things. He has you there for a purpose to bring His kingdom to earth. That's why He has you there. Go into all the world. Go to the schools. Go to the parents of the children. Your children are friends of Go to the universities, go to the cafes, go to the hospitals, go to the workplaces, go to the streets, go to the towns, go to the beaches with your dog. Walk it. And when it meets other dogs, there's a purpose in you meeting the owners of those other dogs. It's to bring its kingdom to those other people with those other dogs. I'm talking to myself. I have a little dog. I'll walk him on the beach. He's too friendly. <laughs> go to the gangs. Go to the down and out. Go to the rich. Go to the poor. Go to your friends. Go to your family. Go to your neighborhood. Go to the sports teams, the Saturday sports. Who loves Saturday sports? There's a bigger purpose than your child being in that sports team. It's to bring the kingdom of God into that team, into those people's lives. Go wherever God has placed you. What I think can sometimes happen is that the kingdom of God comes to us and it's, and it's fantastic, right? It's, it's peace. It's joy. It's hope. It's love. It's a clear conscience. But sometimes what often can happen is that the kingdom of God comes to us, comes to us, comes to us, and we get full, and we get fuller, and we're fuller, and fuller, and fuller, God, more, 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 more podcasts, more preaching, more worship, more prayer, more, 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 but then we can get stuck, because there's no outlet, it's almost like the Sea of Galilee versus the Dead Sea, the Sea of Galilee has the River Jordan running into it, and then it also has the River Jordan running out of it. And the Sea of Galilee is full of fish and life and life around the, the sea, which is actually a lake. There's 18 different types of fish in the Sea of Galilee. And then the River Jordan continues to run and it runs into the Dead Sea. But the difference with the Dead Sea to the Sea of Galilee is that the Dead Sea has no outlet. All the water just runs into it and the salt level in the Dead Sea is 10 times greater than the, than the ocean. It's almost like too much salt together is really deadly where it's not going anywhere. It's sometimes like too much salt altogether without going anywhere is really deadly. And I think sometimes we can be in danger of that, right? Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the, you are the light that sometimes we can, we can be salt together, but never really going anywhere. But I want to say today that we are all salt together on a mission sent by God to bring His kingdom to earth. Wow. 
God doesn't just want to do something in us, bring his kingdom to us. He wants to do something through us. He has you where you are for a greater purpose, and that is to bring his kingdom to earth. I was talking to a friend just this last week, and he, and he was talking about his health difficulties. He's had toes amputated. He's had uh, continual problems with his kidneys, so much so that he continually has to go and get dialysis. And he was telling me that he was so frustrated and so disappointed with God about all these different health difficulties he was having. And then he decided one day, you know what? Perhaps these health difficulties I'm having, perhaps there's a greater purpose in these health difficulties that I'm facing right now. And he said, I just changed the way that I viewed my challenges and my problems. And I said, God, if, no matter what happens with me, no matter, no matter whether, if my health continues to deteriorate, if my health continues to, if I continue to suffer, I am available to and ready to be used. And so he said, he, it started to affect his sight and he can hardly see. And so he has to get a taxi. And he said, what happened was I kept ending up getting the same taxi driver. And he realized there's a purpose in this. And he said, God, I'm just going to pray and ask that you use me and that the conversation heads in the right direction. And he said, over time, the number of times he was in that taxi with that same taxi driver, he said he got to the point he started talking to him about Jesus. And then the taxi driver over time said, you know what? Amen. Amen. The kingdom of God came through my mate into this taxi and this taxi driver's life is forever changed. He said, I now go to the hospital and when I'm on dialysis, I look around and I think, God. <laughs> and he said, you know what? He said, my life has come alive. He said, I feel so alive. I realize that there's great purpose in my life. And he said, I feel like there's just something completely changed inside of me. He said, I, I was in faith for so long and thought it was a certain way. But what I didn't realize is that God had a greater purpose and plan for my life. And it feels amazing. I was talking to a, another friend just a couple of weeks ago, a highly qualified person, great experience in, in her field after many years in a career. And she came back to New Zealand after living in London for a number of years. And she realized, you know what? I need to choose a job where I have the best amount of access to people who are not yet Christians. And she took a job that was well below her pay grade, well below her experience, what her experience would give her, well below where her qualifications were set. She took this job because she wanted access to to love people, to care for people, to be there for people so that the kingdom of God could come to earth. He doesn't want to just do something in us. He wants to do something through us. The oldest person at Curate Church, his name is Harold. He's 92 years old. He came into the offices this week. I said, Harold, man, where you been? What's going on? He said, Hayden, you know, I just haven't been able to get along to Sundays because I've been taking care of my neighbor. 
my neighbour has so has all these needs and health. I, I've been looking after my neighbour. I, I wanted to get there, but I've just been caring for my neighbour. He is a man on a mission. He is a bringer of people to curate so they can be introduced to Jesus. And he's 92 years old. And he said to me, he said, Hayden, he said, I'm not ready to die But if I do die, that's fine. But I've realized that I have great purpose in the rest of my life and I'm going to live every day like it's my last. Because it might be. (laughs) He didn't say that last bit. I just added that. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I I think Jesus would take a church load of heralds to see his kingdom come. He can do great things through people who are willing to say yes. I will go. Who are you going to send? Not Ghostbusters. (laughs) Send me, Lord. Send me. Mother Teresa, who lived both in the kingdom and bringing the kingdom to the streets of Calcutta, she said one of the greatest diseases is to be nobody to anybody. She also said the problem with the world is that we draw the circle of our family too small. She said, never worry about numbers. Just help one person at a time and always start with the person nearest you. For love to be real, it must cost, it must hurt, it must empty us of self. A life not lived for others is not life. If you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. We ourselves can feel that we are doing what, that what we are doing is just a drop in the ocean. But the ocean would be less because of that missing drop. She said, I want you to be concerned about your next door neighbor. Do you know your next door neighbor? God's got us where we are for a greater purpose. And that purpose is to be a conduit of God's kingdom into the world. At Curate, we see a church that believes everyone deserves to hear the message of Jesus from someone they can trust in a way they can understand and with a power that's transformational. We see a church that's relentless in the mission of God. We see a church that is active in making wrongs right in our hearts, homes, and neighborhoods, recognizing that what is in our hands can make an eternal difference. Our time, talent, and treasure, where people have been so impacted, they can't keep the kingdom to themselves.